Good evening, one and all. We are continuing from where we left off last time. So if you don't have the verse list or the sheet, if you don't have it, there's some here in front. Um, it, it, does a number of people don't have it? We can just... Okay, so um, Rafa, could you just distribute? And there are two separate sheets, so you have to give to each person. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's, um, let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us, yeah? Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word, and as we discuss, continue our discussion on speech, uh, we ask, Lord, that you would help us, encourage us, uh, and strengthen our, our faith, uh, change our practice such that it is more like your sons. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So for the benefit of those who were not here last time, I uh, gave this verse list from Proverbs, and I asked the different groups to find a verse corresponding to the different theme that was for the group. So the groups had to work through all of the verses and find the ones that fit with them, uh, fit with the, with the category here, you'll see. Uh, and then define what behavior is condemned in that verse and define what behavior is encouraged and why it is encouraged, etc. So we're just going to, last time we did uh, the first three, so we discussed uh, the verses that deal with keeping silent, so keeping our mouths closed, and we looked at the extent of that as much as we were able to, and then we looked at appropriate speech and controlled speech. So appropriate speech is speaking at the right time. We agreed that we're not going to send each other messages at 5 a.m., if you remember that. And then we talked about, and then we discussed controlled speech, a speech that is ruled by wisdom and not passion. And now we're going to look at slander and gossip, righteous and wicked speech, wise and foolish speech. But before we get into that, I want to uh, take you for a moment to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, I want us to just, before we, 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 we go back into uh, discussing and having the groups uh, present to us their verses, I thought it would be useful for us <clears throat> to, uh, to consider the the motif for our speech in the way that Paul speaks here. Look at what um, look at what uh, 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 Paul says from let's say let's say from verse twenty. Well, actually, let's go back to verse seventeen. Look at what Paul says in verse seventeen. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. What is extremely important for us here to note first is that because we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, we, the way that we conduct ourselves has to be very different from the people around us. You follow? And we must not emulate and walk like the Gentiles do. Notice, what, notice some of the, the, the assumptions that Paul has here. 
I say and testify that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. The Gentiles are walking in a particular way around you. Okay? They are living a particular way all around you. Uh, you probably spend more time with Gentiles than you do with Christians, right? You understand how I'm using the word Gentiles and how Paul's using the word Gentiles? Unbelievers. Okay, those who are, who are lost. You are surrounded mostly by them. Who's going to affect the way you speak more in general life? It's going to be them. Okay? You use their phrases. You, you, you say the things, you find the jokes that they say funny. Right? Because you're surrounded by them, you're, you're living with them. Paul is saying this because even to the Ephesians, he's not, taking the, he's not telling the Ephesians, hey, now that you're saved, go create a little Christian enclave somewhere in the mountains and just live alone as Christians. That's, that's not biblical. You live among them. So when he's saying this, he's saying, I'm testifying. You know? He's using very strong language. I testify in the Lord. I'm, I'm saying this in front of the Lord. Take this seriously. Do not live like they do. And there's not a lot of areas that, that, that the Gentiles try to influence, that the Gentiles influence us in, than in the way that we speak. Right? In what to say, when to say, how to say, how to respond, when to respond, why to respond. It's, it's, a lot of how we think is influenced by the Gentiles. Okay, the Gentiles influence us through media, all kinds of media, social or otherwise. Uh, Hollywood, a lot of us enjoy movies, right? And so we're influenced by them. It's just the general way that we think. Uh, all over, you know, we, 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 we watch sports, we go to school, we do all of these things. We live in a Gentile world. And it is our job to ensure that, they, that we understand that they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Therefore, we are not to live like them. So if what we, we speak about when we talk about our words feels so hard and so foreign to us, you need to know why that is. You follow what I'm saying? Why is it hard to do the things that we discussed two weeks ago? Well, you can say primarily it's hard because I'm fallen, right? I'm, I'm, I, I have remaining sin. And that, that, that will be correct. But the other reason it's hard is because we hardly know what this looks like. We, we, we don't see this a lot. We don't know. We, we need to. That's why the scripture says renew your minds. We need to keep coming back here, coming back here, coming back here to see what this looks like because we hardly know what it looks like. We're aliens in a foreign land, and so we're trying to communicate in a foreign land. That's how the scripture speaks, right? We're aliens, we're foreigners, we're sojourners, we're not from around here, and so we're just trying to communicate and survive, and the reality is as we try and communicate, we're speaking in the way that the people around us speak. We, we, we are tempted to, to take their phrases, to take their thinking and their reasoning and apply it. And so that is why for us, we must not be that way. So look at what he says in verse 19. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. I hope you agree with that. Okay, that the people that are Gentiles surrounding you are generally greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is why even in speech, 
what is accepted today is generally impure speech. Have you ever spoken to your guy and just felt like, why aren't you saying, oh, Muhammad? Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever, know, have you ever thought about that? When you, when, when you feel like making a point, why must it be my Lord, the king of the universe? Why can't it be Muhammad or Shembe? Etchu or Shembe or, or Lekhanyan? Why can't it be Lekhanyan? Right? Why can't it be Nietzsche? Or, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Ah, Tyson! You know, what, what, why must it be the Lord when they're swearing? Do you know, even on DSTV, I was visited someone and I, and it just, I remembered that actually I'd forgotten that on DSTV when you're watching a show there, sometimes they, 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 they block out even the name of God. Isn't that, isn't that quite a thing? Because the name of God now is, note, is known as a swear word. Isn't that, isn't that something to you? <laughs> that like when, 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 when we put a filter on all the swear words on a show, even the name of God has to come out. Isn't that weird? <laughs> See, they, they are greedy to practice all impurity. But that is not the way that you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So not only are they around you, modeling a way for you, but actually what they do appeals to your former self, the dead man that lives within your members. So because the way that they speak and the way that they act and, and, and speaking in a passionate way, all these things that we discussed, that appeals to the dead man that lives within you. And so our job uh, together is to put on the new self constantly, to dress him, to put him on, to put on the new self, to renew our minds and to make sure that we are walking after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away falsehood. Okay, in light of this theology, now, verse 25, put away falsehood. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Okay, what are you talking about, Paul, when you're talking about the greedy for impurity, when you're talking about the, the, the way that the people, the, the, the darkness and the callousness of the hearts of those who are not in Christ, or when you're talking about my former self, what are the things that you're referring to? Well, number one, as an example, falsehood, lies, deceitfulness, being playing fast and loose with the truth. Put that away, he says. And why? For we are members of one another. So you see here, he's raising the bar. Especially among Christians, don't lie. Now, he's not saying go lie outside there. Well, I'm watching you, don't... <laughs> Don't, don't say now you can lie to the, to the traffic officer now because he's not in the church. No, but what he's trying to say here is even among the church, it's even worse if you lie here because we are members of one another. And look at how he goes on. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And now he's, 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 giving, he's, uh, he's fleshing out this idea of the, our previous way of life being angry and sinning. And then he goes on to, to thieving. Let the thief no longer steal, 
doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have enough to share with anyone in need. And now he comes back to the speaking. In verse 29, he says a phrase that I'm sure you're familiar with, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. We, we must start here because <clears throat> when we're, when we must refresh ourselves with this because when we're coming back to these very practical proverbs, now we're going to start with the practical proverbs on slander and gossip. We need to realize what, when, if it sounds hard, that's because around us is all we see is slander and gossip. And what we, our former lives, what we generally naturally want to do is slander and gossip. So if it seems hard what he's telling us to not do to do here, you must know that it should be because you are now a new creature. You following what I'm saying? This is, a, this is a, an important place to begin. Now, where is group D, slander and gossip? Yep. Uh, I think they, do they want you here? But is there, is there a recording up there or? There is a recording. Okay, so they, 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 they need you over there uh, for the recording's purposes. Okay. What's your first verse? Uh, okay, so my first verse is Proverbs 18, verse 8. Proverbs 18, verse 8. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Yeah? Yes, it's that one. Um, I think I end up putting more detail on a similar one that has a very... Sorry, it sounds like there's... Two yeah, it keeps going in and out. Um, is it okay now? Yeah, it sounds fine. Yeah. Um, it's very similar to Proverbs 26, 20 to 23, and I think I wrote more about that one. 26. 20 to 23. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of a whisperer like delish... Ooh. Comes back again in exactly the same way. I like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body like the glaze covering an earthen vessel. Our fervent lips with evil heart. Yep. Go ahead. So what is, what is condemned? Why is it condemned? So what is condemned here is gossip. And it's because it causes quarrel. And it basically goes on to say that thing about the, the whispers go down into the inner part of the body. And it basically it causes damage. Um, so, gossip is the, the issue here. And then, the, the encouraged behavior is, I mean, equals it here, I'm saying, like, if you're encouraged not to gossip, which I suppose is not really a, like a positive encouragement. Yeah, so, so there's an inferred one, and the inferred one is, verse 20, for lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, what happens? Quarreling ceases. So if we don't want quarreling among us, what is the, what is the first thing we want to switch off? Whispers. Okay, guys. Whispering, gossip, 
is a, is a dangerous thing. This is not a game. Do you know that do not gossip or slander is repeated so many times in the New Testament as one of the lists of things we're not supposed to do? You find it in Corinthians, you find it in Ephesians, you find it in Colossians, you find it all over the place. And one of the reasons why it's exactly this. It, it kindles quarrels, it kindles strife. I want to ask you, why on earth do we gossip and start to talk in, in hushed tones? What are we trying to achieve? You felt the urge. Don't act like you've never felt the urge. Don't look at me like this is something foreign. Oh, I'd never. Oh, nah, I mean, I don't know. You might as well be asking me about stealing a car. No, why have you felt that? Uh, the, what are some occasions that occasion you, some, that, what are some occasions that rise up within you a desire to whisper? Go ahead, Sophie. Yeah, I think it's it, like if you found out something about someone and you kind of want to like tell your friends and yeah. kind of get a reaction from yeah. them. In one way, you, you'd, be, you, you'd benefit from applying the other verses, keeping your mouth closed. Mm. We want to tell people some things, that we heard, some things that we've heard. Yeah? What are some other situations that cause us to want to whisper? Yeah, so you're, you're, there's so many sins in gossip, and one of them is partiality. Because immediately you, you just assume certain things, and so then you participate in discussion about people. What about when we're frustrated with a situation? Have you ever been frustrated with a situation? You've been frustrated with a situation? Like, I'm frustrated with the situation, and so... And I know these are the people that are in charge of the situation, so now let me, in, let me start testing the waters. Uh, this, is happens, this happens a lot. I think this is probably one of the more frequent ones. When, when I'm frustrated with the situation, I just want validation that my view is correct, so let me share this with others. I, I want to be in the right, and I'm frustrated with this, so let's, let's speak and whisper. And when we do that, we're, 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 we're kindling a fire. Okay? Um, okay, so then our next one was uh, Proverbs 10, verse 18. Proverbs 10, verse 18. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Yep. Yep. So the condemned behavior is um, concealing hatred um, because that is lying and then slandering because it says that if you slander, you are a fool. Yeah. And then... Now, hold, hold it right there. I'm sorry. You, yeah. you, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt a lot here. I like this verse for a lot of reasons. You know, Hebrew parallelism, sometimes he says the same thing in a different way, right? So what he's saying here is the one who conceals hatred. Do, what is concealing something? Hiding. Hiding it, right? So, I, when I'm here with you, hey, 
Hey, brother, how are you doing? When I'm here with you, I'm concealing my hatred. And then when I'm later on with Umali Bongwe, hey, did you see his dreads today? Like, you see, it, I've concealed hatred. I'm acting one way with you. And notice what other, what other sin I've done now. I've lied to you. Whose responsibility, according to the New Testament, to, to sort out an issue when there is an issue between two people? Who, whose responsibility is it, according to the New Testament? It's not a true question. Isn't it just the two people? Sorry? Yeah? That's one of them. If you, if, if you know that someone has something against you, Jesus says, leave your stuff at the altar before you go worship. Go sort it out. What's the other one? So the answer was a true, the question was a true question. It's both. When you're the person who knows that somebody else has an issue with you, what, do you, what are you supposed to do? Let's talk about it. I'm feeling some kind of tension here. Let's sort it out. And when you are the person who has an issue, the slanderer, you, you're the one who has an issue with someone, you go to them and sort it out. You do not shake a person's hand, embrace them, act like everything is fine when you are concealing hatred. You see this? It is, it is abominable behavior to act that way. To smile in front of someone when your heart is doing this. You know when you you know you know what I'm talking about when your heart is hey, man, I just don't have the English phrase for it I just know it in Zulu English I have no idea how to say it in English it's it, your heart is grinding rotten things right that's a very wooden translation your your when your heart is grinding out rotten things against the person but you're smiling at them you're having coffee with them you see the, you see the problem. And what he's saying here is, that is lying. So you're adding sins. So now look at this. You and I have an issue. Now I have two options. One, I can add more sins or I can just deal with it. Do you see this? I can just choose to not deal with it. And if I choose not to deal with it, what am I doing? I'm adding more sins. Because now I'm going to have to lie to your face and to others. And then I might be tempted, if somebody else has an issue with you, I might be tempted to just jump off and be partial against you and be an impartial judge and I could add 20 more sins when I could have just come to you and say, Fit, is everything fine? You know when you said this and you did this and you combed your hair that way, it, it offended me. You, you know what I'm saying? It could be something that simple, sorted out. He's never going to comb his hair like that again. We're moving on with life. You know what I'm saying? And he's equating him, you see verse 18, he's equating him with the slanderous person because it, that person who's, who's concealing hatred goes up. It's, it's going to happen. This is proverbial language. It's going to happen. You're going to want to take that out with somebody else. Yeah? Watch yourself. Whenever, when, have you ever wanted to just be angry at someone alone? Just be angry at someone alone. Don't you usually want to be angry with someone, uh, against someone with someone else? <laughs> Does, anger is a fire. It wants to burn. And for it to burn, it needs wood. 
question over here. What if talking about it makes things worse? Yeah, so if, if you, there are different situations, there's different contexts with that. So if, if you're trying to approach, let's say someone not in the church, okay, someone in the family or whatever, unfortunately, this is one of the reasons families are a challenge. If you approach and the person doesn't want to ask for forgiveness or sort the thing out and it just escalates, uh, there's a number of things you can do. One is you need... You could, come, you could come back and own you whatever your sin was in the situation. Okay? Notice what I'm saying. If you had any sin, whenever, whenever two people have an issue with each other, right? And then they, deal, they try to deal with it and it goes bad. Usually what happened is, we looked at that list two weeks ago, it's because even the person who was right maybe came in very hot. Understand what I'm saying? And then did not speak in the way that was befitting the occasion. I'll take, give an example. You have an issue with your mom. Okay? You have, a, you have a serious issue with your mom. You come to your mom. This is the issue. Your mom, okay, your mom is not a Christian. Your mom is not trying to apply biblical principles here. So she just gets on top of your head. And then when you speak to her disrespectfully. Okay? That's your sin. So what you want to do in a situation, even if the person keeps going high, what you want to do is maintain your biblical composure, which is I'm going to speak in the right way or stop and move away. Or if, and then when you move away, you think, okay, I didn't actually say this right, just come back, I apologize. When I said this, I shouldn't have said that. And if you don't get an, an apology back, then you've left the situation, you move away. See, even in, um, even in Titus, Paul tells Titus that there are certain people that you have to correct once and then twice and then have nothing more to do with them. So just leave the situation. So now, it's easy for Titus to leave a guy and say, listen, I'm done with you, whatever, because you don't want to fix this. But if it's your family member, what are you going to do? You, you know, you're in the same house. So I mean, what I would suggest is just leave the situation. Just, just leave it. I've tried to deal with it. If every single time we talk about it, it escalates, leave the situation. Uh, you, you don't... You don't have to win. You know what I mean? You don't have to get that apology that you're looking for. Just try and exist. If the person you've done, you've confronted the person and, then you've, and you've owned your sin and, the, and the, it's sitting with the person and they don't want to fix it, then what can you do? The person's a Gentile, they're dead in their sin. What do you expect from them? You know what I mean? But, you know, there's a lot of nuance in this. You know, because some situations mean like you're at an impasse. So, without knowing the specific situation, it will be hard, but... In general, at least if I can give you guiding principles, is manage your Christian composer and ensure that you own whatever sin you contributed to the exchange. And then just leave it there. And when you, and when you own that sin, don't be like, okay, I'm sorry, like, oh, I'm sorry, I also, I didn't say, no, you have to ask for forgiveness. I, please forgive me, when I responded to you the way you spoke to me, it was not befitting. I did not honor you or your station in life. I did not honor you as my mother or my father or whatever it is. Would you please forgive me for that? Ask them that. Would you please forgive me for that? And if they say, and then if they, like, they want to keep fighting, then let them fight with themselves. When are you asking for forgiveness and you're not going to, you're just going to say here, I'm asking you to forgive me. 
And then if they, if they forgive you, great. If they don't, you just, I mean, you can't control. Does that, does that help you? I'm just looking at your face and I feel like I have not touched where you're itching. No? Do you want to talk with me afterwards? Okay, let's, let's chat afterwards. Okay. Okay, and then Proverbs 20, verse 19. Proverbs 20, verse 19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we were saying that... Uh, wait, is that the right one? Oh, yes. So, slandering reveals secrets, and that's why it is a condemned behavior. Yeah. And then the other um, condemned behavior was keeping company with a simple babbler. Yeah, so to, to be a part of that. So you're not supposed to be a part of the slander. This is a huge responsibility, Christians. When, when somebody comes to you with slander or gossip, you stop it right there. You are guilty for participating. You understand this? You're not free from guilt. Oh, I just stood there and said nothing. I was just there. No, you're guilty for participating. Because what you need to... So if this is somebody who's sinning in front of you and you're just going to do nothing... If somebody watched porn in front of you, would you just say that, I just stood there, I did nothing? Is that what you'd do? You wouldn't. At least not if you're in your right mind. You'd rebuke them. If somebody held, took out a gun and was shooting somebody in front of you, I just stood there, I did nothing. You won't. Th that logic doesn't work for other sins. Why must it work for slander? You see, we, we must say, no, listen, I don't want to participate in this. Have you spoken to them? If you haven't spoken to them, please go deal with it. And in fact, I'm going to hold you to it. Please go talk to the person because clearly there's something in your heart. And now you're trying to involve me in your sin. Yeah? And then Proverbs 11 verse 13. Proverbs 11 verse 13. Yep. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Very good. Mm. Yeah, so the condemned behavior here being slandering because it reveals secrets. And um, we said that the encouraged behavior was being trustworthy and keeping secrets covered. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. Is that, is that it? One more. Oh, you've got one more. Yes. So Proverbs 16, verse 28. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much the same as like the first verses, right? Yeah, and I think the thing we notice here that um, this can separate friends, and that's quite a dramatic statement. Yeah. That like it can actually split people apart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So let's stay away from slander. Let's stay away from dishonesty in that, in this sense, and whispering. Let's stay away from gossip, gossip, yeah? Any questions on this? Thank you, you can grab your seat. Any questions on the subject of gossip and slander, etc.? Everybody clear on what is prohibited and clear on what is encouraged by the scripture? Okay, all right. Oh, Andrew? 
That's a very great question. The question is, when somebody wants to process something, if they're angry, let's say, they want to process something before they go somebody else. I, I think you have to be very careful with that because it can exactly be what you're saying, which is just an excuse uh, to, to kind of, you know, speak about the person and, and rile up strife. So you have to be very careful with that. But I do think that perhaps in a relationship where we are holding each other accountable. So this is not a random person come to you. This is like an accountability partner of mine, et cetera, et cetera. We're holding each other accountable and the person comes and says, I'm struggling with this. Could you please assist me in thinking it through? Help me to see my sin or, or help me to see. It just depends what we're talking about also. You know, it, it, you have to be very careful with this. Because even that is like, is it something that really needs me? I'm a third party. I should only get involved when, when the issue is really hectic. You should be able to go cool down and then go talk to the person back. Um, it, it, really it really depends. I, I don't think that one can give a blanket that's fine or a blanket that's not fine. It just depends on what we're talking about. Like for example, if someone's wife comes to you and says that, you send them back to their husband post haste. Uh-uh. I don't want to get involved. Like you are having marital issues with your husband, go discuss it. If someone's husband comes to you and they, ah, my, you know, my wife, just hey, Baba, I'm not getting involved. Go cool down and go re reconcile with your wife. Um, there, I can see that there are some cases where it could be beneficial to talk things through, but yeah, just, just in, a, in a particular setting, just be very careful. Uh, I would maybe try and find a way to ask a question like, okay, hold on, before you say all of this, like, wh what is true? What is biblically true? Okay, uh, is there any of your sin in this? Have you really thought about, have you really cooled off? Do you really need me to talk with you? Can you not just go and sit down and pray and think through and read some scriptures and go talk to the person? Do, do you really need to process it out that way because... Now I'm going to... See, here's the, the reason that this is very dangerous is because Proverbs says, one seems right until another one comes and questions him. And the challenge that happens is that when I'm talking to you because you and me are friends, and I'm assumingly I'm closer to you than I am to this person, that's going to create in me a partiality because I'm already close with you. I'm going to judge the matter already, and I'm going to have an opinion in the back of my mind such that when I see this person, this opinion is there. But it could be entirely wrong. And I've just participated in false witness. So you want to speak, take people, take other people to your mouth as less as you possibly can. Or listen to things about other people as less as you possibly can. Because you don't want to go around being an impartial judge. You understand know what I'm saying? I don't want to be legalistic though because I don't have a scripture that says don't or do. But what I generally see in the scripture is those people need to sort it out between the two of them. So figure out that's the ideal first. Yeah. Benji, you had your hand up? Yeah, see, that, that's good. Um, it, 
But even with that one, you have to be very careful. And the reason you have to be careful is because this person now is bringing you into this emotional thing. Okay, this, this person is inviting you to participate in this emotional thing. And sometimes we are not as dwarf as people think we are. We can put two and two together. I'll think that, I mean, what I would say, when it involves somebody else, that is good. That's, that's much better than revealing the name. 100% much better. But if you can, just tell the brother, okay, do you need to calm down and pray? Have you prayed about this? Before you come to me about it, have you prayed about this? Have you thought through it biblically? Have you, have you, before you come and involve me in this, kind of, in this particular situation, because I'm going to be able to put two and two together. I know, I saw who you didn't speak to earlier today. You, you know what I mean? So, I, I'm for people processing things and, and doing what the, just jumping to doing what the scripture says, which is go and sort it out, then quickly jumping to involving other people under the guise of processing it. Because even while you're processing it, especially now when I add anonymity, then what I can do is I can really just feel free to say exactly what's in my heart, which might not be good. Because I'm not, these things are not supposed, some of these things are not supposed to come out of my mouth. I'm supposed to hold them in, calm, you see, we saw this like last week, right? A, a person with a, a wise spirit, that you hold it in and you quash it. But now what you're doing is you're just going to vent to somebody else without actually doing that work of holding it in and quashing it. So I, I, I yeah, I, this is, I don't want to be legalistic about it, but I, I just, I don't quickly advise people, I have an issue with someone, let me go and talk to Benji about it, even anonymously. Rather calm down, take some time to pray, take the issue to the Lord. If you have to go anonymously to Benji, because really it's something that's an impasse, like you can't get your head around it, then okay, fine, involve the other person. But first prize is to go calm yourself down, control yourself, think through it, pray on it, take it to the Lord, and then go back to the person in a, in a, in a, in a better spirit. 100%, 100%. Uh, before you vent about it. Really what I'm after, what I'm against is the venting. Because, yeah, we're very cunning when we want to vent. I saw a hand over there, Tortius. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And we speak. We take as facts things we don't know. And then we say them about those people because we read it in a newspaper. Yeah. Very good. Did I see a hand there, Dexter? I did. You just took it back. Okay. Okay. Don't say I didn't see a hand. I did see it. You just, re you just retracted it. Okay. Okay. Next group. Uh, righteous and wicked speech. Which group was that? Does that group have a spokesperson? Oh, two spokespersons. <laughs> One's going to talk about wicked, the other's going to talk about righteous. <laughs> okay, let's go.
first one was Proverbs twelve thirteen. Chapter twelve, verse thirteen. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. Yep. Yeah, we said that um, for a behavior that is condemned, we said that um, sinful talk, um, it gets you into trouble and righteous talk, there's a reward for it because what you say might come back to you. Yeah. This is very good, guys. This is, you see this verse. Now, this is where we get into the theory of the Proverbs. And if you haven't been here before when we explain this, let me just explain it again. Proverbial wisdom is observed wisdom. So when Solomon and the, and the sages here are observing, this is what they see. They see that people who have wicked talk generally get themselves into more trouble. And then those who are righteous, if they just do say what is righteous in general, they will escape from trouble. Now, you have to think about this in two layers. The first layer is that this is generally true in life. Not always true. Do you see the difference between generally and always? Always means it happens all the time. And that's obviously a lot of righteous people have gotten in trouble because of their righteous speech, yeah? So that's not what it's saying. But it's saying in general, when, when Solomon observes life, when somebody speaks righteously, they generally go out scot-free. Can you think of, of examples of unrighteous or wicked speech that gets you entangled and snared in general life? Don't think, ex just think about normal life. What speech that gets you in trouble because it was unrighteous? Hate speech. When you say hate speech, what do you mean? You're speaking hate against certain people, and then those people, and then those people threaten to burn your house down, and now, and now you're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. You can be in trouble with the government, or you can just be in trouble with people because you you're saying all kinds of wicked things. Yeah. But think normal life. Yep. Yes. Yes. Just now we just spoke about gossip. Yeah. You told something in confidence, and then you you spill it out to somebody else, and now you're in all kinds of trouble, <laughs> because this person that you just shared the gossip with, do they now trust you? They don't trust you now. Now you're in trouble. And then that, it comes back to the other person, then you're in trouble. Now you have to lie to conceal it, which gets you more trouble. What else? Ben? Yeah, you should ask Koban about that. <laughs> if he disrespects his mother, it's over for him. Like, it gets him in trouble all the time. But we do that, right? Disrespecting authority. Um, certainly when we do that to our parents, uh, to our superiors, like our employers or, uh, you know, things like that, we will get in trouble. Yeah? Lying, 100%. Could you, 
Because usually what do you need to do after you've lied about an issue? You have to lie more. What's that song? Because I lied and I lied and I lied a little more. You guys are too young to know that song? You don't know that song? No? No, 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 no. No, 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 don't lie. You don't know that song? You don't know that song? How old am I? You guys don't know that song? <laughs> you really don't know the song? No? Yeah. Yeah. So lying. Lying twists you in a knot. You lie and then you have to cover up the lie. Then you have to cover up the cover-up of the lie. Next thing you know, you're just, you're just a pathological liar. You open up one gate, you lie about one thing, and then that gate opens up and now you're just a liar. You have no idea how you became this pathological liar. And what usually happens with pathological lying is that you find yourself so far in, you have no idea how to tell the truth anymore. There are, there are people... There's this phrase that I found, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's really true. I found it to be really true. There are people who, who exaggerate so, the truth so much that they end up lying. Because they're exaggerating the truth. You know when somebody just exaggerates so much, what they end up doing is lying. Okay, so, uh, so this is just a principle of life. Just, it, it might seem like you're going to escape by speaking unrighteously, but it's, you're generally going to get in trouble because of it. That's the first level. The second level is with God, and that's the more, always, the more solid one. Wicked people will be what for their words? For their words, Jesus said. They will be judged. But the, the implication is the righteous, the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous, He's vindicated because he is righteous. He rises again from the dead because his speech, no evil came out of his speech. And then that righteousness is given to us and we are vindicated and we escape judgment. Do you see the second level? Second level of it is more finer, is more definite. Go on. Um, the next one was um, 15 verse 1. 15 verse 1. <clears throat> yep. We said that the, the condemned behavior is there, that speaking to people in, in a harsh manner is condemned because it creates tension. Yep. Um, speaking gently, encourage, it's encouraged because it creates peace. 100%. Yep, next one. And then the next one is 1528. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pulls out evil things. Yeah. Um, it's written here that what, what you say is from the heart, so if you have a good heart, you will know what you say. You will have good things to say rather than when you have a wicked one, as you will have only bad things to say. Or only evil things. Yes. Right? Now, this is important because it says the heart of the righteous ponders, thinks, uh, ruminates on how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked just speaks. Notice the difference. The righteous heart spends time before it answers. Did you notice that? But the contrast is that 
And I want to alter what you're saying just a little bit because the contrast here says this. The contrast in this one is the speed of speech. Because the righteous ponders how to answer, what comes out of their mouth is righteousness. But because the wicked do not ponder what to answer, all that comes out of their heart is what? Is wickedness. Do you see the difference? So the quick speech, the quick answers are usually evil. But the slow answers are usually righteous. Do you see the difference? It's the, the key here is the pondering, thinking, pausing, ruminating. What's the right way to respond to this situation? Yeah? You follow? Keep going. The next one is 10, 20 to 21. 10, 22 to 21. Sorry, 10, 21 to 22. It says 20 to 21. Oh. Yes, 10, 20 to 21. Oh, 20 to 21. Yes. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Yep. You said those with wicked hearts, their lips are of wicked speech and discourages many. And those with righteous lips, their lips, what their words nourishes other people. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, this language here is, is very, uh, very human language. He's saying the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. Don't you want your words to have weight? You know what I mean? Don't you want your words to, don't you want when you speak for people to take you seriously? One of the quickest ways for people to not take you seriously is because you're always useless with what you're saying. And so now your words are of little worth. Nobody takes you seriously anymore, or you're talking. I'll give you an illustration. When I was much, 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 much younger, eh, <laughs> uh, I might have been, uh, might have been five or four. <clears throat> I had my. I, I was living with my maternal grand. I was living at that time with my uh, my with my maternal grandparents. And my granddad was such a drunk that he lived in a separate house over there sitting. So he's, so we, there were like, there was a grandma's house here and granddad's house here. And when you walk in from the gate, you walk in like this and you pass by granddad's veranda to go to grandma's house. And whenever you'd come back from school, or whenever we're doing our lives here, because we're going here, granddad is always drunk, just completely, like completely pajamaed all the time. And so when you, you're passing by him, he's just saying all kinds of things, and nobody cares. Like he's sitting, he's always sitting outside of his door, looking at all of us, all of that's happening in his home. He's always looking and seeing, drunk as he is, and he's saying things like, to be or not to be to die or not to die. That's all he ever did. Like you'd come in, that's my memory of him. He died, but that's my memory of him. It's just him just saying those nonsensical things and I, his words meant nothing to me. You know, this is my grandfather. You know, I'm supposed to be taking him seriously. This is his home. But because he's such a drunk, he is just living a wicked life, all of that, just his words had absolutely no weight in the household anymore. 
That's what happens to our words when, our, when we cheapen our words by speaking too quickly, by speaking gossip, by, by lying all the time. All of these things, we cheapen the value of our words and they become of little worth. Whereas if we're godly and righteous people who think before we speak, who take time to speak righteousness, who are always speaking to build people up, watch people come around you to listen, to hear you, to be encouraged by you because your words are choice silver. You know who I need to go talk to right now who's going to build me up, who's going to tell me the right thing, who's going to lead me towards Christ? Let me go and talk to Notan. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know Ntabi saying is here and Ntabi's here, but I'm just going to go. I'm, I need Notan because Notando's words are choice silver. Do you see what I'm saying? So that, let's, be those, let's aim to be those people, all of us. Be people who, whose words are worth something. Not because we're always competing. See, when, when, notice especially like when, when we're always just like trying to, with our words, trying to put other people down. You know what, what uh, uh, Philippians says? When we're trying to put other people down and exalt ourselves in front of other people, when we do those kinds of things, People just start like, just like, ah, oh, this guy's words. He's just gonna, he's all about himself. Nobody takes you. Your voice, it might be loud. It's no longer worth anything. Let's be wary of that. This is a very good verse. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me give you one more because of time. I know there's a special taxi situation today, so we have to finish a bit earlier. Let me give you, just give us one more. 10, 31 to 32. 10... 31 to 32. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Uh, yep. We said perverse tongues may lead to death, and righteous mouth speaks the fruit of wisdom, like yeah. what it says. 100%. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Any, any thoughts on anything that's been said? Any comments, questions, concerns? We're all good? Okay, let's now move to our final category. Oh, yo, Katler. Thank you. Katleko, that's like one of the biggest ones. One of the biggest ways you cheapen your words is saying you do, you'll do something and then don't do it. And then it just becomes a pattern for you. And even when you can apologize later, I'm like, okay, I, I forgive you, but I'm not going to... It's like, I mean, I'm just not going to come to you anymore. Yeah, it's a matter of integrity. So, absolutely, this is an important thing. Yeah. Any other thoughts here, comments, questions? No? Okay. Final category. Wise and foolish speech. Who are those? They chose you as their speaker. <laughs> there was nobody else. <laughs> He's my nephew. I'm just teasing him. Relax. I'm just... It's my, I'm just, in case anybody's thinking that I'm picking on a guy. <laughs> um, um, 
So the first verse we had was Proverbs 19, verse 1. Proverbs 19, verse 1. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Yeah. Okay, so we said um, what's condemned is being perverse in speech, not being straightforward, being twisted, like always yeah. say, like saying um, things with double meaning, and yeah. not being straightforward. Um, and then integrity is encouraged. It is wiser, better than, um, better is a poor man. Um, yeah. Yeah, very good. Now, notice what he's saying, guys. And I want you to think about this. He's saying it's better to be without money, hungry, not knowing where your bread is coming from and have integrity, then be rich and speak like this. Not be clear and straightforward. Do you understand the magnitude of this verse? This is a serious verse, guys. It's better to, to not know where tomorrow's food is coming from. Because when he says poor here, you have to remember, he's talking in the Middle East about 3,000 years ago. Okay, he's not talking poor today, where there's all these amenities and homeless shelters. Okay, he's talking 3,000 years ago. So the normal person then, who wasn't poor, was, was, was very poor by our standards. Now, a poor person in this particular context is extreme. That person, later on in chapter 30, it says, don't let me be poor because I'll be tempted to steal. That's what poverty looked like for people in this time. Poverty meant I'm going to have to steal to make something happen because there's nothing coming in. And he says, it is better to be in that dire situation and have your integrity, do what is right before the Lord and be straight with your speech and have, be trusted with your speech than be, have speech that goes like this. You are like this to these people. You're like that to these people. You're, when you're speaking, you're always leaving enough space to be able to say, no, I didn't say that. You misinterpreted me. I didn't mean it that way. I said it this. To not take responsibility for your words. To say things, just it's, it's crooked. It's always just like you're a sly. Are you, are you getting the, the weight of what he's saying? I, I hope it's punching you the way, the way he's saying it. It's, it's better to be starving, right? Like with a BMI of zero. Okay, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not possible. Okay. What's the lowest BMI a person can be who's like, you, you're a physio. Aren't you a, who's the, oh, sorry, that's, who's the physio what what here? Aren't you? It's her, right? You're the physio. This guy. With a very, very low human BMI, your bones, you've got skin. It's better that and know and speak straight, say what you mean, mean what you say, than be a person who, I mean, I thought you said this. I thought you meant this. I thought this was what you were saying. I thought this was going on. Oh, 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 I thought you'll do it. No, 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 but you said you'll do it. No, I said, I said, I'm thinking about doing it. You see? To be unclear. 
So our speech must be very straight, full of integrity. We must be, and, and here's what the, the key of this is. Here's the key. Speak in such a way that you can be accountable for your words. Understand? Speak in such a way that your words, you can be accountable for them, that this is what you said, and that you can hold yourself to it. When you can't do it, then you can be able to say, listen, I'm foreseeing I won't be able to do this. Speak in such a way that it's just, it's clear, we don't have to wonder. That's what he's showing you, integrity. Clear, straightforward, transparent speech. Any thoughts on that? Uh, second verse was uh, Proverbs 14, verse 3. Proverbs 14, verse 3. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips, the lips of the wise will preserve them. Yeah. So we said the behavior that is condemned is um, foolish mouth, not being able to tame your tongue because yeah. it will bring a rod to your back yeah. or discipline you. Um, and then what is good is to use wise, humble words that will protect you from the rod. So this is basically the same principle as that other one, which is, which is there's trouble that comes for the foolish speakers, and there's escape and preservation for those who speak aright. Next one. Um, Proverbs 15, verse 2. Proverbs 15, verse 2. <clears throat> Tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Folly. Go ahead. Um, we also linked it to 15 verse 7. So maybe. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. That's very good. Um, the behavior that is condemned is speaking foolishly. Um, yeah, like foolishness and speaks without knowledge. Yeah. And then. Um, what is good is to have a wise tongue and speaks knowledge that is pleasing and acceptable. And notice that the two things that are opposites of each other in verse 2, it's knowledge and folly. So the tongue of the wise commends knowledge. It pushes other people to know more, to learn more, to think more. It pushes people that way. But the mouths of fool pour out folly, which means it also encourages folly in others because like you're putting it together verse 7, while these others spread knowledge, the others spread foolishness. You know in, uh, in um, is it 2 Peter chapter 1, I think verse 5, it tells us things that we need to supplement our faith with. Right? It says supplement your faith with godliness. Supplement your faith with steadfastness, perseverance. Supplement your faith, he says, with knowledge. Have you seen that verse? 2 Peter chapter 1 from around verse 5. Supplement your faith. Add to your faith knowledge. So if you're not adding knowledge and pushing others to gain good and godly knowledge, to gain knowledge about the world, about the light of nature, but also knowledge about God, if you're not pushing others, you're a fool if you're rather in inciting others to speak out folly. So this is basically all the atheists especially the new atheists, the, the radical atheists. Because what they do is, they are out there convincing people of a, of a, of a fairy tale, that there is no God. Right? They're convincing people 
that there is no God, there's no such thing as the maker of everything. And the people then are taking that, suppressing the knowledge of God, using what these people are saying, and then they go on and spread forward more and more folly. Do you see, you see, you see what I'm saying here? So it's the same thing for us. We must be very careful to not be those who go around telling and saying things to people. And, and that will get them going down the wrong line. One example is if you choose to slander or gossip other somebody, somebody else. What you're doing is you're creating partiality in somebody else's mind, and that person is going to enter into that kind of folly. Another example is to speak and tell people that you know an issue when you don't, and then you're going to spread that kind of folly, the kind of foolishness. So we are to be the people who commend wisdom, who commend knowledge. Very good. Proverbs 23, uh, 15 to 16. 23, verse 15 to 16. Yep. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. My uh, inmost being will exalt when you leap, speak what is right. Go ahead. So we said what is condemned is speaking what is not right because it dishonors your father and uh, what is encouraged um, as lips that speak what is right, it brings joy to the father. And for those of us who don't have fathers, <clears throat> this is talking about our heavenly father. Those of us who, who might be here don't have parents to honor in this way, this is talking about our heavenly father. Is that? Mm, there's one more. Okay, let's grab the one more. 18. Proverbs 18, verse 6 to 7. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. So we said what is condemned is foolish speech, speaking without knowledge. It ruins uh, a person, traps his soul, invites a beating. And then we said what is encouraged is to speak wise words to avoid a beating. Sorry, when, when I'm reading this verse, I'm just thinking of like my words walking into a bar drunk and they just walk into a fight. That's the image I'm getting from this. A fool's lips walk into a fight. Can you imagine this like this scene, this like movie scene? Here's a drunk going into the bar and then just starts fighting with somebody else. That's what my words do when I just speak and, and do nonsense. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. So that's the, that's the proverbs on our words. Any thoughts, questions, comments here as we try and end a bit earlier today just for the sake of the taxi? Any thoughts, questions, or comments? This is it. Sophie? Hundred percent. It's, and how do you think you get there? You 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 get there by practicing that control. If if you learn anything from this, it's just that that 
No word should leave your mouth not considered what it is to do to the person who's going to hear it. Every single word that comes out of your mouth, you need to consider, what is this going to do? How is this going to affect the person? And this is hard, hard graft, but that's what the Proverbs are basically telling us. We need to consider this. And uh, yeah, we need the Lord's grace for it, don't we? Who's, who is sufficient for these things? We need the Lord's grace. Andrew and then Joseph. Yeah. Yes, 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 100%. It's going to look very exciting. We're going we're gonna to want to hear it, yeah, 100%. So we need to be very, very, very aware and not, and, not, um, and not assume that we are more righteous than we are in practice. Yeah. Joseph? Uh, sorry, I didn't understand. You're, you're angry with your sibling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what I, what I was saying is just leave this, I mean, the situation, what are you going to do? You're going to keep fighting about it. Rather, leave the situation. You, you, you can talk about other things with your sibling. You've made your point known. You've confronted them. This was wrong on your part. This is how I was wrong. And if they want to own and reconcile, great. But if they don't want to reconcile, what, what can you do? You can't control others. So, so that's all, all I'm saying is you leave the situation, not leave your sibling like I'm never going to talk to you again. It's just leave the situation maybe for a better time. Or, or leave it entirely if, you, if you're able to. Because there's a principle in the New Testament of rather be wronged. Do you know that principle? It says, rather than trying to get your way, just sometimes just, ex- just accept a loss. Just say, okay, I lost this one, it's okay, I don't have to win everything. This person is really wrong, but I mean, what can I do? So I just, sometimes you have to just take a loss. Yeah. in an exam and you don't know what the answer is oh do you do you f-
<laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Am I, am I understanding? Do you feel like if you just give some kind of an effort, you might be lying? Is that what you feel like? You feel like you're not going to be telling the truth because you don't know what the answer is. Oh, <laughs> oh that is funny. That is very funny, Percy. I know I'm fit. I mean, you, you, st you studied, didn't you? Ah, oh, you give the effort, Mama. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't only answer questions if you think they're exactly right. You're not lying in the pa paper when you try to give some kind of effort. It's not a lie. You just, you, you, you're giving it your best crack. So, so have at it. Give that effort. If it's like a, a 30 mark question, you'll pick up one and two here. <laughs> Give it your crack. It's not the same as moral. Yeah. Do you think it was this? It sounds like it's crooked speech. You're, you're saying words and then you're trying to confuse the lecturer. <laughs> Very funny. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Any other questions here? Any other thoughts? Okay, Tariq? Yeah, so 100%. So they, they are foolish believers. I think you have to, when you're reading the Proverbs, you, 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 you need to understand the, 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 the basic meaning first, the clear, the, what we call the, <clears throat> in hermeneutic, we, we, the, the grammatical meaning first. And then later we consider the spiritual meaning or the, the, what we call the theological meaning, which you have to tie it with the Bible. So the grammatical meaning first, in that, in that sphere, definitely believers can be foolish. Because it says a fool stirs up anger, right? So if a believer stirs up anger, he's a fool. Okay, so at that level. But of course, believers are, re are regenerate. So in the theological sense, they are on the sanctification process where that foolishness is being carved out of them and they're becoming more and more wise and more and more into the image of the one who was wiser than Solomon. You remember who he is? One who is wiser than Solomon is here. And that's the Lord Jesus. So our foolishness is being little by little, uh, being taken away as we renew our minds, becoming more like the one who is wiser than Solomon. So it is definitely a tension. And, and so we need to, we, we definitely must not think that just because I'm a believer, this is not talking about me. No, if you go around whispering, this is exactly talking about you. And you need to stop it, repent, ask the Lord for grace, and then walk, and then strive like you're saying, Tariq. Strive to walk, not only in the narrow way, but what we can call here in terms of Proverbs, in the wisdom way. Uh, strive to walk in, in wisdom. It's a very, yeah, very, very good distinction there.
Any other thoughts? Katla? Yes. So Paul talks about this. Uh, I don't know if everybody heard the question, how do I, because if I'm already surrounded by Gentiles, how do I then, you know, combat that? Paul talks about this principle, renew your mind. Okay, renew your mind. Constantly be fighting to test things in accordance with God's word. Is this correct, God's word wise? And if it isn't, then change, change. Renew, think differently, constantly. We're living a life of repentance, but we're also living a life of cultural and worldview shift. So I now know that certain jokes just cannot come out of my mouth. Certain things just can't work. Certain, um, you know, there are a lot of acceptable things out there that just in a biblical worldview just cannot work. So then I'm constantly changing that, constantly fighting against that by filling my mind with scripture, coming and, and accessing the means of grace which the Lord uses to, impl to really renew my mind even more and further. So really the answer to your question is how do I get sanctified? The question, sorry, no, your question, the essence of your question is how do I get sanctified? And the answer is through the ordinary means of grace. Okay? So if you want to be healthy, there are certain things that you need to be doing. Like you need to be eating right, whatever, moving with your body, etc. That's generally what it is. Certain times when, when, when you are now completely, in, entirely, when so much is wrong in your mind, you don't need a pill. You don't need a diet pill, if we use that analogy. You just need to go back to the normal means of grace. So keep doing what you're doing. You know, even this is confronting you, right? Like, discussing this with others, those are the kinds of things that you end up seeing, no, this is not right, this is right, etc., etc. And And maybe I can just add this add one more thing here in passing spend time with people who are not like you you follow don't just be the the young adult christian at church who's always just always with young adults okay because i mean like i've told you guys before i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to offend you but in reality the scripture tells us even as we see in the proverbs that foolishness is found mostly where among the young so if I want to wise up and grow in that way, then I need to be surrounding myself with those who are, if not older a lot by age, certainly older a lot in the work with the Lord Jesus. Because those people are going to impart some of their wisdom on me. I mustn't just always be at this lower level. And you guys are, are really have a, I mean, you have, you're in a good church here where there's a lot of older people that you can just go to them and say, you know, <clears throat> You know, could you sometimes, just, can we just have coffee sometimes? Or, you know, could you invite me to your house? You know, I'd invite you to my house, but it's just a residue with no bathroom. So just invite me to your house. I'll bring the, I'll bring the lunch. You just provide the venue because I just want to get, you know, just be, be encouraged by you. Yeah? Yeah. Keegan?
Very good. Very good question. I hope everybody heard Keegan's question. What do I do now with an older person, say a colleague, who has no interest in God? And how do I approach them now with these kinds of things? So here's a very important principle. Uh, we are not in the business of moralizing culture. We're in the business of making disciples. So when it comes to those people, you just need to be trying to figure out ways to bring out the gospel with them. You yourself, make sure that you yourself are not stained. You don't participate in their sin. Okay, so even if they invite you to participate in the sin, you say, no, I'm, I'm a Christian, I, I can't participate in this. Um, and certainly remove yourself. But then looking, be looking and praying and trusting the Lord for opportunities to be able to share the gospel with them and actually explain to them the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you could create, you could, you could have, and I remember I did this in one of, my, one of the places I worked. I did this, and it, and it didn't really, those people are still lost. I did this where I, all, I often, I was so annoyed with the, the lack of righteousness of the people around me that I just, I was in their face with my righteousness in such a way that, like, I would come in and sit there in the team, and guys would just, like, there'd be no joy, people wouldn't talk. I was basically a Pharisee around them. And I didn't win any of them. You know, and these were colleagues of mine. I didn't win a single one of them, but because they were always swearing and always this, and, and they were always, I just got so annoyed that I just ended up like blurting out at them, and then they just created a, an uncomfortable work environment in that way. So that's not, that's not it didn't win, I didn't win them. And now they just don't want to have, they just, just leave me, they just left me there. So it's much better, at least, I mean, this is just my own opinion. I'm sure maybe other, other people might have different opinions, but certainly my opinion was, I just found that, that when I learned my lesson and moved to somewhere else, I was then just tr trying to win them and speak the gospel to them and find opportunities to get them one by one where I could share the gospel rather than trying to sometimes do what I used to try to do, which is preach to a whole group in the office. It doesn't work. <laughs> okay, don't try that at home. It doesn't work to try and preach to a whole group. Just grab them one by one and, and, and do things like that and try to share the gospel with the person. But the overarching principle is I need to endure their unrighteousness to look for an opportunity to share with them true life that will change them from within. Because even if they stop doing their unrighteousness around me, it doesn't help them. You understand? You see, you see the difference? Does that make sense? Yeah. Very good question, Keegan. No time. So there's, there's two arguments to this, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here because one person says, if you tell them to not take the Lord's, vein, Lord's name in vain, to not take the Lord's name in vain, you are reducing even their eternal sentence. Because every single time they take the Lord's name in vain, the Lord's racking up their guilt. Okay. Yeah, the other argument comes in and says, uh, um, is there a more, is there a more uh, uh, conversant way where I can get to reveal that this is a problem to me while at the same time trying to have a, a and not closing a gospel opportunity for myself with that person? 
So this other argument is basically saying the goal is for me to get the gospel to this person. And sometimes I must endure evil from them uh, to get, to, get the, to the gospel with them. Um, and it's a tension because I, I do see this one side. I mean, for my own sanctification, if people are swearing and doing all kinds of things around me, it's not nice. I mean, I don't enjoy that. But the reality is I live among ungodly people and, and to what minutia of detail, which, which sins am I going to go after all the time? You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you're going to get exhausted very quickly. I mean, I, I tried it and I've spoken to others who tried it and the, the few people that I've discussed this particular issue with are, are all basically on the page of, no, let's, let's the, the goal is to get the gospel to them. So if it means that you endure that, one, one guy... One guy said, he was the boss in the office, he was the boss of that office, and he said, he was discussing this with us, and he said, this one guy was using the Lord Jesus' name in vain so much that one day I just turned to him and said, do you want me to tell you how to get to know him? <laughs> Since you like using his name so much, can I? Like, <laughs> now it's like, for me, it's like, I'd, I love that. I'd love to say that, but is that going to shut things down? Maybe, maybe, maybe at that point it got to a point where that needed to be said. You know, you have a Christian here, you wouldn't say this to him. If there was a, an Islam, a Muslim here, you wouldn't be saying Muhammad every five minutes. You're saying this because it's me and you're taking it. So, or at least what I could do is make it clear to the group in some shape or fashion that I am a serious Christian. Okay, not a Christian like everybody else is. You understand what I'm saying? Because everybody's a Christian, probably, in your group. But I'm a serious Christian. So I come there, sometimes, sometimes what I'll just do then, I'll just come with my Bible to the study. Well, what's that? No, it's my Bible that I read. Oh, how, when everybody's talking about their weekends, what did you do over the weekend? I went to church. Can I tell you about the sermon? That's the, there's usually a low-hanging opportunity there. Just when somebody says, well, what did you do over your weekend? I went to church. There was, the sermon was about this wonderful thing. We had wonderful fellowship. Ah, oh, I love the, the people of God. As awkward as that sounds, that might create the context where you, 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 you make it clear that you're a Christian, but at the same time, uh, you, you, you want to leave open the door to discussion. Yeah. Tariq and then Les. And I think we're going to end it now. Hey, guys. We're... Okay, Tariq. the greater detail of the gospel. <clears throat> you know, this is a very good question. I, I think it's usually, I find it easier when I'm doing like walk-up evangelism, because you can kind of have a formula in your head. But, but when it comes, I mean, you just have to, 
deal with people where they are, like Paul did, trying to find out where people are, are at. I do think, though, that sometimes the urgency must take over in the sense that I can't leave this conversation without getting to the Lord Jesus. You understand? Sometimes. Uh, if you want to have a discussion with a friend of yours about sin and the weight of sin and God being angry, that's fine. But sometimes if you, if you just, if you think, oh, let me just leave it there, you might not get, you know what I mean? Like, you, you might not get the opportunity again or the, Satan's going to come and take that away. So it just depends on the case. I, I found, I, I, I do agree with you. I, I, I remember when I was in the secular, when I was at work, I, I found that like with, with the number of my friends, I just have separate conversations about their lives and then from that try and show them their own sinfulness in different spheres. And what's quite interesting, I never warned any of them until recently a friend of mine from Standard Bank called me to come and talk to him and he wants to meet with me now because he, he's really, he's, he's broken about the gospel. So sometimes we don't see the, the fruits immediately because this is a guy, I mean, I spoke to about the gospel years ago and only now he's reaching out. So sometimes you wanna you wanna you wanna be you wanna plant those seeds in a such a in a. It just depends on the situation. I don't think we I don't think there's one answer, because there's a, like if you if you I mean I don't know if you you're here you guys work in like these high part in these kind of places you you're here with a client he's from England or whatever, and you're showing him around town and you're talking to him and then. You, you start going to spiritual things. You don't have an opportunity. This guy's going to be here for a week and he's going to go back. So sometimes the urgency takes over. Like, let me just share the gospel with you and bang and be gone. But sometimes you can, you can just, what's your life like? Are there things happening in your life? What, what's going on? Oh, you were angry with your spouse or you're talking like this. I noticed that you talk a lot about your husband or your, or your wife in this horrible way. I mean, do you think that's honoring to them? How would you like if that's done to you? Do you realize that this actually offends God? And then, like, try and go down that route and then look for an opportunity. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, that's just... I'm sure we could all, like, take a poll here and people try and say what the Lord, how the Lord has used their conversations and would never finish. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Les? No time. such a person says you also sin and you say yes I am there's no 100% so that's one way so one way um, is to is to ensure that you make it clear that you are not self-righteous uh, you, you yourself need this that's why you're sharing it with others not not because you're self-righteous um, it's not like something that you need it's something that we all need uh, I myself am a sinner, and this is how I found help. Does that make sense? Yeah. But again, it will depend on the conversation. The 
conversation that you're having with the person. But certainly, the very, 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 very clear way is to, is to show that you yourself need it. And even after, when you talk to the person about their sin, you talk about yours as well. You say, I mean, I've done worse than that. You've done what? I've done worse than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner myself, and I need the Lord Jesus. This is why I'm hoping in Him. Um, I think it becomes self-righteous when we, when we, when we just like we're on a mission, like I'm wearing a shirt, and I'm on a mission to tell you about something that you need. That can come across as, as, as self-righteous instead of talking to a person like a normal human being. I think let's end it there, guys. Okay, the, I think the taxi is coming soon. Let's, um, let's close it. I'm going to ask Benji to close for us in prayer. Amen. Is there a text?